0: The portion of, of scripture from where the someone today comes from is uh, 2nd John. Uh, please turn your
1: Bibles to the book of 2nd John. Hear the word of God. <clears throat> the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not
0: only I, but also all who know the truth. Because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear Lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we, ha- we have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist.
1: Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward.
0: Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, Do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you.
1: That is, the, that is the word of God. So this year, when I have had the
0: opportunity to preach, I have preached from uh, this book, Second John. Uh, this will be the fourth sermon in this series. So today we find ourselves in Second John
1: um, verses 10 and 11. And and the title
0: of the sermon is a question. I want us to ask ourselves
1: a question. Are we aiding and abetting false teachers? We will um, focus on verse 10 and 11.
0: Let me just read verse 10 and 11. If anyone comes to you Sorry, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. There is there is a kikuyu saying that was popular in my circles growing up. Uh, sorry. I, I hope I've, I've gotten it right. Um, we had to know it because we knew what it meant when it was called out. So um, it meant a crime had, be, had been committed by one person or a few people uh, in the absence of the rest of us and nobody reported it and somehow the people in the authority the teachers or the parents uh, have known about the crime and so when they they call you for discipline everyone would say um it's not me it's not me it's it's him at that time because it has been discovered you can you can just say it was so and so but then again you would hear moishi na what that means is the thief and the passive observer are one. Or there is no difference between the
1: thief and the passive uh, observer. If I would uh, summarize uh, my sermon today, it would
0: be that. Gotire Moishi. If you really put your thought to it, if you think about it, I am making a very bold claim here. I am, I am saying that some of us who are here are in the same category as false teachers. If uh, in this case the false teachers uh, the false teacher is the thief and you are the passive observer, you have been put in one category. So you, so the claim I am making really uh, lumps some of us up in that category of false teachers. And so you can't, if you're feeling drowsy, you can't afford to fall asleep in this sermon. Uh, not after I have gone that far almost calling you a false teacher. So to understand these two verses, um, it is necessary that we, we do a recap of the past um, lessons that we have learned. It's been so long. The last time I stood here to preach was six months ago. And so you've probably forgotten what we said, but don't worry, we will, we will recap. So the first thing, uh, is the author and audience of the book. We saw that the author is John the Apostle, son of Zebedee, brother of James. I do not need to say anything more about that. The audience, uh, we saw that is a church and its members. Now on this one, some people believe that the letter was uh, written to a particular lady. It is probable, I, it is probable. But I am convinced myself that the audience is a church and its members, and I gave my reasons uh, in the first sermon that I preached on this series. So, if uh, you can call it out to to see why I think it is a church and its members. So we we we, we saw something about truth. There is a truth, the Christian truth. It is absolute. It is objective and it is knowable. It is important that we remember this because it is key to uh, the point that I am going to make today. So that uh, the tr- uh, truth is absolute in that it is complete and it does not need any additions. It is not relative or comparative. We read in Matthew 24 that five, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will not pass away. The gospel, truth, is the ultimate absoluteness. We saw that truth is objective. The word of God is objective. It is not influenced by personal feelings, opinions, or social trends. Uh, Church history or church traditions or church politics or differences in denominations and sects will not change anything about the Word of God. That's what I mean. Technological advancements, scientific discoveries, will not change anything about the Word of God. Um, Progressive thinking will not change anything. Whatever that means, progressive thinking, will not change anything about the Word of God. There are those who view the Bible as something traditional. Uh, This is something uh, our parents used to do. Times have changed and now they would rather, it was edited to accommodate more progressive uh, ideas. So the word of God cannot
1: be changed. We saw that truth is knowable and it is made known through the preaching. Truth, um, that is the word of God is made known by the preaching of the word of God. In the
0: second sermon in the series, we saw that uh, love equals walking in truth. So we have determined there is a truth, it's absolute, and it's knowable. So John goes ahead to tell us that now this truth,
1: if you obey this truth, if you walk in this truth, now that is love. We see in verse six especially,
0: uh, of Second John, where he insists upon walking in truth as the commandment in which He gives us. and this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. As it is clear uh, from the salutation of this letter. There is such a thing as a state of being in truth. It's a state of walking in truth. This state is an obedience, sorry, it is an obedience to God's word and it is equated to love. Now this state is not a special state for super spiritual people. It is a state that every Christian should be in. If you claim to be a Christian, Then you ought to love. That means you ought to walk in truth. Uh, Number three, we we saw that there are many deceivers in the world. They have rejected the truth, and we saw that they are the antichrist. Now, uh, these deceivers, uh, the ones we call seducers, with their sweet words, uh, have rejected the truth, and they will come to you as they came to the church here and woo you out of uh, your love for God. These deceivers have rejected the truth and they have exchanged it for lies that they will use and in most cases to their advantage. Now that is also key. Uh, In the last sermon we received a solemn warning uh, in verse eight, uh, second John verse eight, to watch ourselves lest we lose what we have worked for. And that is is the the recap. Now today, I want us to ask ourselves this question. Have we been aiding and abetting these false teachers? Verses 10 and 11 of 2 John, hold for us a command not to entertain or enable false teachers. It will be proper, therefore, for us, if we stay here or if we linger here for a moment, to see these three things. Number one, do we really see these two verses as a command from God? Do we take these verses as an authoritative command from God? Number two, are we in obedience uh, to the command? So God has given a command. Do we obey it? And number three, how do we respond to this command? Or
1: have we responded rightly to this command? So number one,
0: let me remind you this briefly uh, to make a case that uh, this command here is a command from God. Second Timothy, three sixteen to 17. All scripture is breathed out uh, by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. These two verses, as well as the salutations uh, that follow, the next time I will preach, I will preach uh, from the salutations. So these two verses, as well as the salutations, are the very words of God, and they are to be taken as so. They are profitable for the teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Without these two verses, we will not be complete. We will not be equipped for every good work. Without without these two verses, the word of God would not be complete. Remember, we said that truth is absolute. You know, the the, the boundaries of truth are defined. And everything that we need to know about God and truth is contained in this Bible. And in that definition of the boundaries of truth, these two verses find themselves in that category. Let me also remind you of Revelations 22, 18 and 19. This is how the, the Bible ends. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life Sorry, in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. This, this command, therefore, not to be an accomplice and accessory to the crime of propagating heresy, is from God himself.
1: Now, you, you will think to yourself, okay, uh, I get the point. I
0: have not... Uh, Removed the command from the Bible. I have not added anything to it. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Have you really? Because one way we take away from the word of God. Is acting as though it was not there. You know. Something is written very clearly in the scriptures. But you will read over it. Or you will. Uh, you will live as if it, it does not exist you know the same way people would treat the uh, the old testament the genealogies you know you just read the Bible and you get to the genealogies uh, yada 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 let's get to the point you know that is to say that blah 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 this is not important, and yet it is in this uh bible it is the very word of god so so ask yourself uh, have i really taken this seriously as if it is the word of god because it is
1: and then we ask ourselves are we obeying this command again
0: before we answer this question with a yes it is good to consider what john by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, is really saying, you know, we want to understand this verse. What is he really saying? There there are obvious questions that we will ask ourselves as we read these two verses. Um, In the next slide, the obvious questions to ask ourselves here are this, you know, who is anyone who does not bring this teaching? the person we are told not to receive, who, who is who is he? What teaching is this teaching? What does do not receive
1: him into your house mean? And then ask ourselves, greetings, come on, you know, not to greet them. Atasalamu, chodi, you know. How does
0: whatever, sorry, whoever greets him take part um in his wicked ways how do whoever greets him rather take past uh take part in his wicked ways so this 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 is what we are we are going to go through all these questions one by one so that we can understand this verse so i hope you're not in a hurry so number one who is this person who is this anyone who does not bring this teaching. We have previously established that truth, and that is the Word of God, is one. It is absolute. It is objective and knowable. The subject of this truth is our Lord Jesus Christ. This teaching about Jesus Christ, which is the Gospel, is the content which every single messenger of Christ carries. So if anyone comes to us as a messenger of Christ, if they introduce themselves as a messenger of Christ, as a pastor, we expect them to come bearing this word, nothing less, nothing more, without changing it. So then, anyone who does not bring this teaching refers to anyone who comes in the name of a preacher and does not preach the Bible. This the Bible has called the seducer and the antichrist. This person has rejected the truth. So anyone who bears the name of pastor and does not carry or rather does not preach the true word of God is the person that we are um, discussing here. And not, not just pastor, but a preacher, anyone who calls himself
1: a messenger of God. In the case of 2nd John, the false teachers in question
0: deny that Jesus had come in the flesh, that Christ only appeared to be human, that Christ only seemed to die on the cross but did not actually die. A doctrine, a doctrine against the person and works of Jesus Christ is a matter of public denial. The public denial of faith and not private unbelief. This we saw last time. So if anyone alters anything about Jesus Christ, his nature, or his works, he has denied the truth. And it is so important because that is changing the message of the gospel. So when it comes to the person and the work of Jesus Christ, we must never accept differing opinions, you know, between uh, different denominations. When it comes to the person and works of Jesus Christ, we must, we must never accept differences. You know, we can differ on you know baptism and uh, uh, how to spend uh, uh, Sundays, but not the person and works of Jesus Christ. So even today, anyone who rejects the doctrines of Christ especially on his person and works, is to be rejected. He is a deceiver and an antichrist. We see this in Galatians 1:7 and 8. For there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And then we receive this instruction. But even if we ourselves or any, or sorry, or an angel from heaven Should preach to you a a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. It is that important. We either preach the word of God or nothing at all. If we preach anything different, we are antichrists. Or anyone who comes with a, a different message other than the gospel
1: of God is the antichrist. So number two, what teaching is this
0: teaching? I do not need to repeat that over. We have have determined, we have seen that. We have seen that this is the gospel of Christ, the word of God, the truth. Faithfully preached and handed down as was received from our Lord Jesus Christ himself and the apostles. So if... Anyone comes to you who does not bear this word, this teaching, it's the Bible. It is the gospel that we have in mind here. It is the word of God that we have in mind here.
1: Number three, what does do not receive him into your house mean? To understand this, we need to understand... Uh, how things
0: were back then, in the times of John. At that time, uh, churches did not meet in church buildings as we do today. Uh, They used to meet in homes. And visiting preachers did not have the option of sleeping in hotels as they do today. They were hosted in the homes of believers. So if uh, they had a visiting pastor, They would welcome him into their home where the church would be hosted. He would preach there and he would stay with them. We we see this in the book of 2 Corinthians. We see Paul sending Timothy and Titus with a letter of recommendation to approve of their ministry to the congregation to which he sends them. And so they host them. So therefore, receiving them into your house, therefore, means accepting them as messengers of God. It is not just uh, opening the door and receiving them into your house. It is as accepting these people as messengers from God and giving them at the forum to authoritatively preach in our church or sorry, in our church, as those who have been sent by God. So John is telling them, if someone comes to you who does not bear this message, do not give him your pulpit. Do not accept him as a messenger of God. That is what it means. Do not receive him into your house. But it's not just that. It's not just receiving them as a messenger of God. It's
1: aiding whatever business they have in the name of God. To accept a word, for example, into TBC, and to have him preach here,
0: is to say that as the members and pastors of TBC, we approve of this man, and all that he is inside church, inside and outside the church, not not to, not even to preach. If we welcomed a word to stand here at this pulpit on the Lord's Day during a worship service, just to say hi and sit down, is approving of him, and that is basically saying, uh, this man, we approve of him and his ministry, and all that he does. So John is saying, such a person, do not welcome them into your home, do not give him uh, your pulpit, do not give him an opportunity to preach. He is your enemy. He is not uh, a messenger from God. Therefore, if by the standards we have set in our previous points, we determine that a man is a false teacher. We have a command from God not to do the following things. Number one, accept him into our church or to do anything that communicates acceptance. So we are not to receive him or to do anything in that matter that shows reception, especially when it touches worship, you know, we can have a false teacher come to this church to attend our wedding,
1: but not to, to preach or to lead in worship. So we are not to accept them. Number two, we are not to let him use our pulpits
0: or any church resource to propagate his message. He is an enemy. So we are not to welcome a false teacher to preach from this pulpit, or to use any resource of ours to propagate his message. Our YouTube channel, our speakers, our furniture, nothing. A false teacher and his message and our resources, they are not to to see each other. This is the command that we have. Number three, we are not to sit under their ministry, either in this church, or elsewhere. That also communicates approval. If they preached here and we sat to listen to their teaching, we show approval. Or anywhere else for that matter. If you sat under the preaching of uh, Ngana through a whole service, you're basically saying that as a Christian, as someone who follows our Lord Jesus Christ, You are receiving his message as a message from our Lord Jesus Christ. And is that the case? It is not. So you are not to do it anywhere. You are not to do that anywhere. And number four, to receive him, well, not to receive him means that we are are not to enable them in their propagation of heresy in any way. We are not to do anything that will enable them to spread this heresy. We are not to host them in our homes when they are in the business of propagating heresy. For example, um, a false teacher who is your friend upcountry visits to attend a conference somewhere in a certain stadium where he will be preaching and he asks for accommodation at your place through the week as he goes there to preach. That is enabling him. You're not to do that. You're not to support them financially. Your, your, your brothers, your siblings who are pastors, and you know that they are not true ministers of the word. If they asked you for fair to go and visit uh, your sick parent, at hospital, that is okay. Uh, he's your brother, he's your friend, he's visiting, it's a must need, it's okay. But when he asks you for fare to go to um, some church where he's going to preach, uh, you're, not to, you're not to provide for him, you're not to enable him. That is the message here. You're not even to support them indirectly, In any way, in any form, any form of support you can think of when it comes to propagating their heresy, when it comes to their ministry, you are not to support them. You can support them in other things because we are humans. We have needs, we feel for each other. You can support them in those needs, but not in the business of preaching. If it is determined that they are a false teacher, you are not to help them in any way in spreading their heresies. So this does not mean then that you treat them without grace, like animals. No. The Bible has commanded us to show kindness to all, friends and foes. We read in Romans 12, not to repay evil for evil. You know, the Bible does not contradict itself. Romans 12, verse 20 says, if your enemy is hungry, you feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good." So you are not in any way to treat someone um, harshly because they they are a heretic or they are a false teacher. No, you show them kindness. If they are hungry, you feed them. If they are in need, you meet that need
1: but when it comes to the propagation of their message, that's where you draw the line. This doesn't also give anyone any rights to
0: persecute false teachers. You cannot call out these two verses to justify any violence or animosity against a false teacher. Remember also what uh, Romans 12 teaches about how we are to treat enemies in in terms of vengeance. God says, vengeance is mine. You cannot avenge yourself and you cannot avenge God. No man or church or even government has been given the the mandate to, to persecute heretics. Should anyone, should any church, should any government take it upon themselves to persecute heretics they have got to face? No one has been given that job. A government can can punish um, religious leaders for criminal offenses committed, but that's just it. They can't go to the extent of saying, based on the content of your sermon, we, we now behead you.
1: That is not anyone's job. That is God's job. So number four. So greetings. Are we to just not greet false teachers? You know, you just, you just shush. Is this what God is commanding us?
0: So, greetings in the early church were very significant, especially amongst brethren. They expressed the joy they had for each other. And mostly, the greetings were intertwined with prayers for the other party. Uh, We see this consistently in the epistles, in the letters. Greetings come with uh, a desire to meet someone and a prayer that uh, peace will be with you. so in their time they would understand this to give someone such greetings someone who we we have seen is a heretic would be to do wrong to call it's like uh, calling someone a brother who is not a brother in christ Uh, growing up um this used to happen i don't know if it happens anymore where um believers would meet and they would speak literally spend the first 20 minutes uh, just, uh, they, they call it ushu, Ushuguda, just saying how God has been good to them. Just hearty greetings. Uh, this is what God has done to me since we last met. Um, I used to see, to see that when I was a kid. I don't know what happened. And that I think it's something of that kind. When you meet someone, you, you pour your heart, out to them, how you miss them, how, what God has done for you. And that used to happen or that happens between believers um, only. You cannot just meet a random stranger or, or a, a random stranger or a business friend and you start telling them how God has been kind to you this past week. It doesn't make sense. So this is something that is
1: done uh, by believers. So, these greetings are greetings between
0: believers. So, if we determine someone is a heretic, if we determine that someone is a false teacher, we cannot give them brotherly greetings. We cannot send someone who is uh, not a believer to take our greetings to, say, uh, GRBC. You know, what do they understand about what we feel for each other? They don't. And it is the case with those who have denied the truth. They don't know anything about this. So this is the case. So we are commanded not to treat them as brothers. Not to give them greetings, not to send them with greetings. So to give someone such greetings, as we see in the epistles, meant that you approve of their mission and that... Uh, it brought you joy when they went about their business, which they came to accomplish while you host them. To send them with greetings when they leave is also to show support and approval of their work. And the greetings served as letters of recommendation where they went. So if, um, uh, say, Tito went to Kitale, we, we, told, we, we say to him, greet the church there for us that serves as uh, a recommendation uh, from us. He will preach to them. And if there's anyone who doesn't know Tito there and knows TBC, he he will say, ah, this guy is approved by the TBC brethren. And so I will listen to him. So if you give a heretic such greetings to take to other brethren, basically saying to the other brethren that you approve of this man and whatever they bring you can receive with open with open arms which is not the case so that takes us to our point number five Then,
1: how does whoever greets him take part in his wicked ways so any warm reception
0: and greetings given to false teachers, like it would be given to a faithful minister of the word, is taking part in the false teacher's wicked ways. And we have seen that. You are giving him the respect, the warmth that is due to a faithful minister. You're basically telling him,
1: praise God for you. I love your ministry. Keep doing this. And the opposite is also true.
0: If you don't uh, greet him, if you don't approve of him, he will know that he's not one with you. And he will know that he he doesn't have your approval. So any greeting sent by by them from one church to another or from, from one brother to the other serves as a recommendation to the party receiving the greetings and is thus a participation in the false teachers'
1: wicked ways. That is how you participate in their wickedness when you greet them. So, what are some of the ways in which we become
0: accomplices and accessories to the crime of spreading heresy? Sometimes we take part in the spreading of heresy, and we don't know
1: it. And these are some of the ways when we give false teachers a forum to preach.
0: When a false teacher visits, say, a church like TBC, and because of his fame, influence, or whatever, we let him preach, we participate in his wicked ways. And we are equally as guilty. We, we may as well preach his heresy because we have participated. Number two is when we enable forced teachers by financially supporting them. Uh, when, you, when you give to them uh, directly or indirectly, when you give them monthly support, when you support them one time, when you, uh, for example, in the buses, these people who stand up to preach in the buses, uh, preach heresy and then ask for something and they say, it's 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 not mine, it's really going to help me to board the next bus and continue preaching. And you give them, you know. You participate in their wicked ways when you do that. Number three is encouraging these heretics by your words and actions. When these false teachers do something, and you, you encourage them in, in whatever way you, um, as they preach, you're there, because they are looking at you, you're there just nodding as, as if you're taking in every point. You should be shaking your head so that they see you're, you're not approving of what they are saying. In any, any
1: encouragement that you can think of that you give these people, do not give an encouragement to a false teacher. There's being silent about their heresies when they preach at your events.
0: This one especially, um, we are in a season where where most of us will go to be with family and uh, we will have our relatives who are pastors elsewhere who have denied the truth preach at our at our events,
1: and you choose to say nothing when you know the truth, you participate. Especially
0: where it is your event, you know it is one thing when a false teacher stands uh, at someone's event to to preach some an event you don't have control over, but your wedding. Uh, your birthday parties, your graduation parties, an event that you have organized yourself, you're fully responsible for whatever is preached there. Even if someone was in- invited and you didn't know about it, if they stand to preach heresy, it is your event. If you don't stop them, you have participated in that heresy and you have become one with Him. So let us be very strategic on
1: how we. We, we do our events. Uh, just because uh, you
0: respect your mother doesn't mean you allow a his, his, uh, pastor to preach at your graduation ceremony and you know he's a heretic. You, you say,
1: no, I will bring my preacher or I will preach myself. You're very capable of doing that.
0: So let's, these are some of the ways we participate or we encourage the spreading of heresy and therefore become guilty. Number five is praying for them and wishing them well. Peace be with you, you know, giving them the, the greetings. There is no peace be with you, uh, with heretics and false teachers. They Just go without peace. You cannot wish them well when they are uh, against the business of your master. Your master says, Let's go this way, and they are pointing you the other way. And you say to them, Peace be with you.
1: No. Do not encourage them. And finally, defending heretics when they are called out.
0: It is sad. It is very sad that. People who know the truth very well, you find them defending uh heresies. For example, the, the case that we had, well, gladly, uh this time round, the Chakahola thing, um, very many people are against the, the uh preachers
1: involved there. But there are some heretics uh, like Ezekiel when
0: they are called out and they are well-known, you find believers defending them,
1: really. You know, you don't defend them when they are heretics. When you do, you take part in their uh, propagation of heresy. So let me, let me finish by reading
0: what Matthew Henry says, a commentary, uh, Matthew, Matthew Henry's commentaries. On verse 11, favor and affection partake of the sin. We may be sharers in the iniquities of others. How judicious and how cautious should the Christian be? There are many ways of sharing the guilt of other people's transgressions. It may be done by culpable silence, indolence, unconcernedness, Sorry, unconcernedness, private contribution, public countenance and assistance, inward approbation, open apology and defence. The Lord pardon our guilt of other people's sins. So yes, you can be guilty of other people's sins, especially when you know the truth and you choose not to do anything about it. When you host events. And have false teachers preach at your events, when you enable them, when you give them the support they need to propagate their heresies, when you host them,
1: when they are in the business of spreading heresy, you become one with them. And so, yes, if you have done these things, if we have done these
0: things, we need to repent because we have been made one with the false teachers
1: by participating in their wickedness. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we come before you this afternoon
0: asking for your forgiveness for in one way or another, we have participated in the wickedness of other people, especially false teachers where we have called people pastors who are not worthy of that title and therefore encourage them in their work, where we have uh, treated heretics with a respect that they are not worthy of. Please forgive us. Forgive us for any encouragement that we have given to
1: uh, false teachers and help us to be cautious and to only uh, be hospitable to those who are about your business, those who have not
0: rejected your word. Point us to the truth every single day. Help us as we go to be, uh, uh, most of us have the opportunity to be with family. Help us not to tolerate wickedness or heresy but rather we pray that you will give us boldness to stand and preach the truth to our family members and to our friends this festive season. Help us to be good stewards uh, with your word. We pray for strength uh, through this coming week until we meet again uh, on Sunday. Help us to be about your business, doing
1: your will. We ask this, In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.